We started going out together by being involved in a, in a jogging program. Fitness has always been a part of our lives together. If you look at the, the huge benefit of physical activity, you don't receive that by training for a marathon. You receive the huge benefit by just avoiding inactivity and by keeping yourself consistently active doing something. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the ERS Walk & Talk podcast. This week, I had the honor of talking with Dr. Ted Mitchell and Dr. Janet Tornelli Mitchell, Chancellor and First Lady of the Texas Tech University System and both medical doctors. They have been together for 38 years and they've been married for 34. I want to tell you a little bit about the Mitchells, but please know that I am just scratching the surface with this short intro because these two have had more accomplishments, awards, and accolades than I can possibly mention here. So check out the show notes for more detailed information in their bios. The Mitchells have dedicated much of their medical careers to studying and communicating the impact of activity, lifestyle, and nutrition on health. So prior to their move to the Texas Tech system, the Mitchells both served as leaders at the renowned Cooper Clinic in Dallas. Dr. Ted Mitchell wrote a weekly column for USA Weekend for 12 years, and he collaborated with other health experts in the publication of the books Fit to Lead, Move Yourself, and Fit to Lead 2. Dr. Janet Tornelli Mitchell, who was the first female physician to practice at the Cooper Clinic, developed a medical evaluation program that was tailored to the specific needs of women. From the first time I met the Mitchells, I was just so grateful for this connection because they truly understand the importance of lifestyle and behavior on health, and I have no doubt that they have positively influenced thousands of lives through their influence and their support in their medical practice. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that this is something that I am extremely passionate about. In this conversation, I asked them to share their story of how they met and what makes their relationship so strong, as well as their prescription for physical activity. They are both very passionate about the fact that exercise is medicine. There will be a part two of this podcast, so come back next week, and we'll be focusing on how the Mitchells are building a culture of health and wellness throughout the Texas Tech University system. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. Ted Mitchell and Dr. Janet Tornelli Mitchell. All right, here we go. Doctors Ted and Janet Mitchell, thank you so much for joining me on the ERS Walk and Talk podcast. It is so great to see you guys. I'm excited to have this conversation today. It's always fun to talk with you, Lacey. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the month of February, I think y'all are the perfect guests because we're talking about healthy relationships and healthy hearts. And I see you two as experts in both of those things. But I was thinking it would be kind of fun today just to hear your story. Can you tell us about how y'all met? Sure. So You want to start? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, we, we both may each have our own version of it, but <laughs> when we met in med school at UTMB in Galveston. Ted was a year ahead of me, so he was a sophomore and I was a freshman. You know, we actually ended up meeting right before school started. Uh, UTMB has a medical fraternity system that is not just for um, social uh, activities, but also an academic type of fraternity. And so we met at certain, certain of those activities, but when we really got to know each other is when we started studying together in, in groups, and most medical students study in groups, and he had a roommate that would always hang out with him, and of course I had my roommate, and we'd all study together, and it just got to the point where his roommate and I started going out with each other. And uh, then I start. Then one day I was sitting at the library, and I was looking down, and I saw 
Ted and his roommate come up and I thought, you know what? I think I'm dating the wrong guy. Ted was wearing this yellow polo and yellow is my favorite color. And so I thought, yeah, I think I'm dating the wrong guy. So I went to his roommate and I said, hey, would it be okay if I go out with Ted? And he's like, well, you know, we're not serious or anything, so you can do whatever you want. And I said, okay, just wanted to make sure. I kind of had the feeling that Ted would not ask me out since I had been already going out with his roommate. So what I just did was I, you know, after we'd study, I'd go, hey, how about going for a jog on the seawall? That just seemed so innocent and not like a date. So the funny thing is, is that we started going out together through a fitness program, really through jogging. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And that's how that's how we got here. Yeah, the succinct version is she was dating my roommate. We started working out together and then we started dating. I don't know why you're not wearing a yellow shirt today. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I still have that yellow shirt. Oh, that's great. What a great story. And how fitting that you met through a fitness initiative. That's that's wonderful. That was my ploy. Well, shared values, that really matters. So the next thing I wanted to ask, and again, since we're talking about healthy relationships, what do you think makes your relationship so strong? Well, I, I believe that one of the things that you have to do is you have to realize that a relationship is is exactly that. It's give and take. It's not one way or the other. In any relationship, you have. I think you have to have a friendship and I'm talking now romantic relationships, a friendship before a romantic relationship. And we were good friends as much as anything as we first started dating. And then as we started working together, whether it was in medical school, then in residency, and then professionally afterwards in Dallas at our practice, we spent a lot of time together, but you commit yourselves toward specific things together. And even now when we, so Janet will be working with things outside in the community, outside things at our home, uh, doing things with our our kids all the time in their lives while I'm up here at the office doing things. But we still try to start our day out with, you know, we get, and our thing is we'll start out in the morning with a walk. We take the dogs out for a three-mile walk. So we go for a long walk every morning with the dogs, and it's a way to start chit-chatting, whether it's uh, about what the kids have going on or what we have going on in the schedule and like. So it's a way for us to remain connected as the day begins every day. And I think that's, I think that's a key ingredient is remaining connected about things that are the, some people might say are the mundane things, but they're the things that make up life. I I think, you know, you know, you hear people always talk about, yeah, communication, but communication is really an important part of it. Honest, open communication. Sometimes that communication is difficult. It's hard to have. You don't want it. You try to avoid it, but I think that's important. And, you know, not to get too biblical or anything, but quite honestly, we've been given a, a guideline as to how to treat each other with what everybody knows as the first Corinthians chapter 13. And that's how you should treat not only your spouse, but your friends, your coworkers, anybody that surrounds you. If you treat them with kindness and, and patience and you're not, not envious and you're not prideful and you're uh, truthful, you'll make it work. At the end of the day, that's what makes it work. Mm. I love that. It seems like something that you probably both have practiced in your medical professions as well in communication, such an important part of being a doctor and being able to listen and have compassion and not judge people. So thank you for that perspective. I think this next question is going to sort of 
weave back into what you kind of started with, with the fitness program and the fact that you walk together every day. What role does your relationship play in your health and fitness and vice versa? I think that you can't separate it. We really started going out together by being involved in a, in a jogging program. Fitness has always been a part of our lives together. We just started walking, I guess, what, in the last 10 years or so. We used to jog, but now we're old people. So now, now we went to something more low impact like walking. But physical activity has always been a very important part of both of our lives, not just together, but independently, even before we met. You know, when Ted was in high school and in college, he swam. He still swims. I've always been a runner. I've always been, you know, when I was in college, I used to teach aerobic lessons. I taught aerobic lessons in med school. So fitness has always been something that was important to us individually. And then when we got together, it was just, it was a natural fit for that to continue to be a part of our lives together. And it was also something very important for us to pass down to our three children. In fact, Ted always used to say the family that works out together stays together. And we think that's very important. So we always tried to engage with the kids. All of our trips have always been physically active trips. We're either hiking or we're skiing or we're uh, swimming or running. They're trips that typically involve some sort of physical activity. And we enjoy that. And not just because, you know, everybody says it's a healthy thing to do, but if you look at it for mental wellness, all the natural hormones that are released when you exercise, the pleasure hormones, you know, they're very important in, in keeping you happy and grounded. And uh, it helps to control anxiety and stress. And so really physical fitness is, has been such an integral part of our lives that I just, you know, you can't separate it. Yeah. Our, our activity has always been a part of everything else that we've done. So it's always been as natural as having supper or whatever. But I do believe that one of the things that is a scary word when you talk about exercise with everybody and uh, Lacey, you had mentioned the fact that, you know, when people talk about exercise, it's this tough thing that they have to just suffer through and you're going to go get sweaty and this and that and the like. But one of the things that's important for people to remember is there's a difference between exercise for performance and activity for health. Yes. They're not the same thing. And as Janet mentioned, you know, I used to swim competitively. And of course, when you're training for something, that's very, very different then just go to go and be active for your health. Because if you look at the studies, many of which came from the Cooper Center where we practiced for 20 years, if you look at the, the huge benefit of physical activity, you don't receive that by training for a marathon. You receive the huge benefit by just avoiding inactivity and by keeping yourself consistently active doing something. And that's where you receive the lion's share of the health benefits. So when people would come in and ask at the clinic, what do I need to do for exercise? The answer to that is, well, what do you want? What uh, do you like to yeah, do? Yeah, or what, do you, what, do you, what are you trying to get from exercise? Are you saying that you want to come in and at age 50, you want to run a marathon? Okay, well, there's a very specific program for that. But if you're saying, I just want to be healthy for my children and my grandchildren, okay, very, very different. So an exercise prescription would be directed toward what the person is wanting to achieve from physical activity. 
because it, it, it covers the spectrum everywhere from, I want to control my blood pressure a little bit better or my blood sugar a little bit better. I'm worried about a family history of heart disease. Uh, I want to train for something I that I never done better. or I want to feel better. Have more energy. Sure. And, and here's the, the great thing about that. You actually don't need that much activity and people don't realize that, you know, from the, again, from the studies done at the, at the Cooper Institute, where we practiced for so many years, if you just want to improve your baseline health, if you just exercise three days a week for a total of 30 minutes in any kind of physical activity that you like, whether it's walking or whether you are a runner or whether you like to bike or swim or play tennis or just be physically active, three days a week consistently for 30 minutes already gives you quite a bit. And then if you say, no, I want to improve it just a little bit more, four and five days a week, certainly would improve your physical fitness level. And if you were really looking for weight loss, yeah, you may have to do it for more than 30 minutes. But the bottom line is, is that if you're just trying to get healthy, if you just want to feel better and sort of reduce your risk for many numerous medical problems in the future, really, if you're just active three days a week for 30 minutes, that's really all it takes. It makes me so happy to hear two medical doctors prescribing exercise. I just think that's so wonderful. And Yeah, Lacey, that's exactly it. So what you say is, if you're wanting to live a long, healthy life, then something that should be foundational to that is physical activity. And you know, at the, the, the use of, of exercise is medicine. If you told somebody, I can prescribe to you a pill, and that pill will help you to control your body fat, control your blood pressure, control your blood sugar, control your cholesterol profile, improve your long-term risk for developing heart disease, improve your long-term risk for developing cancer, and it will make you feel better. It will make you sleep better. It will improve things like joint aches and pains. It will improve your sex drive. If I could give you a pill that would do all of that, you'd have every person on the planet signing up saying, give me the pill. And the pill exists. It just takes you 30 minutes to take that pill most days of the week. And if you can develop that kind of mindset about it, then there are huge benefits. And one of the, the most uh, important aspects of physical activity like this, as our population ages, that people need to remember, is there is this thing called the geriatric curve. And it's this thing where as people are getting older, once they hit about the age of 60, you see their functional capacity start drifting down toward the, toward the, the age of mortality in the 80s. Uh, what physical activity does, it not only helps people live a little bit longer, but not a lot, but just a few years longer, but much, much more importantly, it squares off that curve. So instead of starting to lose that function that you see in the last few decades of life, people tend to remain healthy. They tend to need less medical care. They tend to remain independent and doing all the things they like to do. And the term that the researchers use for this is called compression of morbidity. So they don't get sick and die until the very end of their life. And generally speaking, uh, within the last year or two, you'll see their functional capacity and everything just kind of flame out. So it's like just living as long as you can, squaring off the curve and just, just stepping off the cliff. And most people, if you say to them, who wants to live to be 100, every hand will go up. But if you say, well, who wants to live to be 100? If that means the last 20 years, you don't recognize your children or your spouse, you're, in a, you're bedridden. Well, nobody wants that. But if you say, well, who wants to live to be 100? 
and you're going to be dancing and everything right up until the time you're 99. That's what most people want. And Lacey, I would like to add something too. I I think we need to specify that when we're talking about being healthier and it's only 30 minutes and three days a week minimum or, but at least four or five, we do need to point out that that's uh, cardiovascular conditioning that's going to improve your health. If you are doing that, and if you want to go a step further and say, okay, what else can I do physically to improve my health? I think that's something that is very important, especially as we age, as we're in our 40s, 50s, 60s and above, is also not to forget about strength training. And, you know, when I talk, when we talk about strength training, I think a lot of people always think about Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, at a gym lifting hundreds of pounds of weight. And again, that's not what we're doing. Now, like Ted said, when you're writing an exercise prescription, if you want to go, you know, be a bodybuilder and a champion bodybuilder, well, that's a certain prescription. But if you want to just increase your muscle mass to keep you from having problems like osteoporosis, to help with your balance, to help increase your metabolic rate, a simple strength training program is something that you should consider adding. And nobody has to have a a membership at a gym or have fancy weight equipment at your house. Just simply using your body weight and a chair. There's some very simple exercises. The American College of Sports Medicine has a, a a little formula where you spend like seven minutes a day just doing things like squats with a chair or against a wall, raising your arms above your head, things like that, that are very simple exercises, but can go a long way in improving and in, in increasing your, your muscle mass, which as we age is also extremely important. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you probably get a lot of strength training in with your horses. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, fortunately, those bags of feed are 50 pounds. And so yeah. those hay bales, I don't even know how much those hay bales are, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm lifting hay and bags of feed all the time. So that's, that's very helpful for me. I always think about that functional aspect. You know, I grew up on a farm and was watching my parents. I mean, I, I don't live on a farm now by any means, but you know, you think about all the things we used to do just in life and yeah. how we don't do those things anymore, unless you do have livestock and you're out on a farm and, you know, taking care of horses and cattle. So yeah. Yeah. Well, most use- of us need to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, You just use the phrase functional fitness. And that's actually a lot of trainers use that phrase now. Uh, functional fitness is extremely important because if you look at people that are living independently at like age 80, well, they have to be functionally fit. They've got to be able to go to the grocery store, take out groceries, put them in shelves up over their heads, things of that nature. So uh, as Janet pointed out, their fitness needs change. And so you actually redirect some of their fitness uh, focus towards strength training, balance training, things of that nature. And you mentioned earlier about an exercise prescription. Exercise prescriptions are not just a a thing of the imagination. They're real. And so you can sit down and write a prescription for somebody for exercise, just like you write a prescription for medication they would be taking. I love that. Three times a week, 30 minutes, cardiovascular exercise. We've got two to three days a week, strength training. What else would you add to that prescription? Depending on the age, if you look at folks as they're getting older, past the age of 40 and certainly past the age of 50 or 60, doing things to really then focus on their balance. Because mm. if you look at if you look at 
uh, for example, if somebody's walking along on a carpet and their foot hangs on a carpet, the thing that's going to keep them from falling will be that their balance and their, their, the strength of their quadriceps. So you start focusing on those things because one of the things about a sense of balance is you, you can train somebody to have better balance. And that's why you'll see, for example, pe see people sitting on the exercise balls. Because when you're on that exercise ball sitting there, as you do dumbbell exercises and the like, you are, I'll say it this way, violently stimulating your own proprioception, your own sense of balance when you do that. That's a trainable thing in somebody. So, you know, it's always about cardiovascular training or aerobic training, strength training, and then balance training. A lot of people will then put in things. Stretching. Stretching, yeah. But, and that's, that's part of a routine as you do that. So traditionally, you'll think of cardio, strength, and stretching. But a very important component that comes in is balance exercise. And, and I think people do underestimate the importance of stretching. But that's what keeps people from getting injured. How flexible you are is going to determine whether stubbing your foot on a carpet ends up in a serious injury or just, oh, I lost, you know, I, I misstepped and, and you regain your balance. But, but stretching is very important. I, I kind of think of an analogy of like uh, of a dry tree branch. If, if you're out walking around and you find a tree branch, it's dead. If you try to snap it in half, you'll notice that that branch is dead, it's stiff, it doesn't have flexibility, and so you can actually snap it in half. That's what can happen to our bones if we're not flexible and limber. On the other hand, if you look at a tree branch that is nice and alive and you try to snap it in half in the middle, you can't do it. It's, it's rubbery, it goes back and forth, and that's what flexibility gives you. It gives you the ability to prevent serious injuries. And, you know, as we get older, you know, it's a lot easier to get injured if you're not uh, flexible. So flexibility is something that is important to work on. But, you know, that's easy to do, too. You can be, you know, watching TV and be on the floor stretching while you're watching television or doing some other mindless things. So uh, I think stretching is also a very important part. All right, so I am actually just going to pause right here. I think this is a really nice stopping point where we have gone through exercise prescription and components of a healthy relationship. Next week, we're going to come back for the second part of this episode. I'm trying to keep these short enough that you can actually go out for a walk and you can actually get through all of it. So I hope that you will tune back in for part two next week where we're going to talk about workplace culture and all the things that the Mitchells are doing throughout the Texas Tech University system to help create a healthy workforce. And I know that's something that many of us are concerned with and are working on right now. So please come back for part two and learn about these incredible initiatives and many of them you have access to. I hope you have a wonderful day wherever you are. Take care.